Podcast. Appreciate y'all joining us today. This is Imani Jamal here on the ones and the twos, and we got big brother Maulana Ascari Talbert. What's going on, sir? What's going on, everybody? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. So welcome. Appreciate y'all joining us. Still rocking out with us. Uh, we having a good time. We're loving what we're doing here in this podcast, and we're having fun. Uh, and we're enjoying ourselves. So uh, appreciate y'all coming in today and just letting you know the same thing we say every time. Uh, the reason for this podcast, the purpose that we even have it in the first place. Is for us to have a dialogue to get various perspectives and solutions to what we experience as men. To say another way, we want to discuss the emotional and social development of men via discussion. We want to be able to create a safe place for men to talk. So this is why we're here. We got the Getting Better podcast. We on episode uh, what's well, episode three, and we're you know we're having fun. We're enjoying ourselves. So uh, we got a guest that's here on the show today. You want to go ahead and uh, introduce them all, Anna? Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, that alley-oop, Imani. Um, <laughs> so today we got a brother that I have worked with uh, since I was literally a teenager. Um, I met this brother. I was in high school. He was already a grown man raising children. Um, so me and this brother has worked hand-in-hand. Hand. We've traveled the world together doing community work, Um and, you know, changing how we behave as men and being examples of that. Mm. So, um, yeah, I got my brother, Kamal Keparu. What's going What's on, Kamal, man? What's up? What's up? It's all good. Good to be here. Yeah, good welcome. Here. Welcome. Excited. I want to see what y'all got. What y'all doing <laughs> around here? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, uh, we we appreciate you coming out with us, uh, joining us today. Um, we have guests on here we try to highlight brothers in the community men in the community right that we think other people need to know about and the points of views that you might have regarding manhood we think are things that would be great to go ahead and share so you know we're definitely honored to have you here on the show i know there's been conversations uh not as many as this brother obviously but <laughs> there's been stuff that we've talked about a little bit and i've always appreciate just you know your thoughts and wisdom uh, regarding that so you know, definitely appreciate having you on the show, man. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah. Now, now before we dive into the the deep topics, we always like to have a little fun, right? right. So, we got our icebreakers that we have. What uh, what we got today, Malana? So, I have two things that I really want to just get into. Um, 
these are like thought-provoking questions today. So the first one is, name three ways you spend your time that you actually think is useful. Again, name three ways that you spend your time that you think is useful for your development. I think I'll start with our guests. That's kind of deep. Ways. It's kind of deep. Yes, sir. Um, hmm. Well, I don't know if driving long distance, you mean just regular, just day to day? Yeah, was yeah. Use, will end up to be useful for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love driving. So taking those long drives or trips, um, that right there is so meditative. Well, it, it helps me, you know, get back to the basics. So driving is one. Okay. Um, number number two, really just listening to jazz. Jazz is my um brings me back to my center. So just sitting at mm-hmm. home listening to jazz, actually listening to jazz while I'm working or doing something. When I need to get something done, that jazz is on. Okay. Right, you know, with a low tone. Um, I guess another thing would be swimming. I, mm, working out is big for me. Um, people used to talk about yoga and this and that, and I tried yoga and, and all of that, but getting back into swimming, that really helped me really set the tone and reflect because, of course, as you swim in laps, <laughs> you're thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. so so those are my three. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I think uh, back to you, Imani. What, so, what would be your three? So repeat the, repeat the question so that way I know for sure how to answer it. Yes, sir. Is name three ways you spend your time that are actually useful for you. Three ways that I spend my time that are actually useful for me. So um, this is something I had to understand, right, when they talked about procrastination, um, how that is a symptom of you being overwhelmed and just needing to go ahead and have something else to do to ease your mind. Hmm. So one thing that I like to do, I'm a Star Trek fan, right? Hmm. Love Star Trek. So um, watching episodes of Star Trek, uh, I've seen that, show i haven't i really haven't seen the new ones but all the old ones i like watching those so star trek voyager is my favorite one so um to me that's useful because it allows me to decompress a little bit and i kind of learned that from you because for some reason whenever you do work you always got some tv show on and i couldn't understand how in the world you can go ahead and do two things at once but sometimes having that either in the background or just taking a second to watch it it allows me to to kind of rest reset uh get focused to, to complete the task at hand um, second thing I say would be listening to uh, listening to music. Um, that's important to me because it relaxes me to go ahead and do some of the things that I don't want to do. Anything that we do, there's always that part of it where you have the thing you don't want to go. You know, you know, you have to get it done. You said you you wanted to make this business or do whatever, and there's certain aspects of it you just don't want to feel like doing. So I like to go ahead and throw in some uh, some music. So you said jazz is for you. For me, it's neo soul, right? So that's that's what I like. So neo soul, some of the some of the new school R and B too. So uh, like some Lucky Day, or maybe some Wiz Kid. I know that's that's more Afrobeat. Um, and then the third thing uh, before you go there, what, what's the difference between neo soul and R and B? Oh, I mean, ooh, ooh, ooh! Not to take us off the show. No, no sir, that's on no, topic. No, bro. no, yeah, no. On topic. Okay, so. R&B, rhythm and blues, right? You got that's including some of the old school R&B. So you're talking like 
how far are we talking? I mean, okay, let's just say Babyface, right? That's that's one of my favorite. That's so, old school to you. Listen, man, I was born in '87, <laughs> man. Look, okay. Bless your heart. I thought <laughs> I you were gonna say Hathaway. No, no. Gang. Well, no. See, that's okay. what see, that's what I'm saying. Like, because you had to the high old players. No, 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 no. That's yeah. The '90s is that's me, right? So when I think of R&B, that's what I think about, right? Jodeci, Babyface, Boys to Men, right? Uh, Neo Soul is, is where you got the incorporation of uh, jazz a little more into it, right? Name and my artist. Uh, Joe Scott. Okay. Right? I can see. Uh, but uh, Nichelle and the cello. Okay. Right? So that's stuff, you know, stuff like that, right? So when you when you listen to that, that's not like that classic like R&B sound, but it's there. It's there. It's, 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 it's that Neo Soul. It's soulful. So it, it does have that overlap, but... Uh, yeah, that's that's like that's like my go-to right there. So right. that that really the if you see my trend here, it's not the work. <laughs> that's the most important part. It's the thing that relaxes you in those moments when you, when you don't feel like getting through the work that's able to help push you through. So those are my two. It's hard to think of a third one, man. Okay. Um, you know the what three things that help me to go ahead and accomplish. What was the question? What's three things that you spend your time on that are actually useful for you? Mm. Sleep. <laughs> that's important. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, it's a trend here. Okay, we all talk about rest and relaxation to go ahead and and bring you back to get the job done. So I I didn't realize how important that was until I started doing more crap. So yeah, I was like, man, I'll never get to do it. Then you do it, you're like, okay, I can I can go a couple more couple more days of, of this hard work so yeah so what's what's your answer bro oh that's an excellent question imani excellent <laughs> question, um i think i will go with first um it will have to be like a, a quiet space or a place that i can meditate mm. so i think um having nothing on so first thing in the morning is one is an easier way for me to set the tone of the day uh, so I think for me, first thing when I wake up, uh, what I started doing now to help me relax more is I'll just listen to recordings of the rain dropping. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, bro, that that get first off, it made me go back to sleep. <laughs> but if it's time to get up, that just helps me calm down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one. Um, okay. Just getting up and being in a quiet space where I can just uh, allow my thoughts to, um, you know, relax. Mm-hmm. And I can relax. So that's one. Um, I think the second I would say is definitely music. Um, I, In order for me to relax, if I'm trying to do some work, then I would need something up-tempo. If I'm trying to concentrate, I will listen to an artist that I'm used to listening to that, that, that relaxes me. So for me, it would be like D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm trying to do something new, like do some work that I've never done before and I still need to be up, I'm putting on jazz, instrumental jazz. Okay. Right. So um it, it depends on what I'm doing. Uh so that's my second one. Then the third one will be um moving. So let's say I'm working and then like I can't figure something out. I get up, go wash the dishes. Come back. I work from home, so I get up, watch the dishes, <laughs> then come back. Or, uh, yeah, let's say that I'm I'm at home and I'm talking to somebody, and and they that we having a conversation that's kind of hot and heavy, and I'm not figuring out how to calm the situation or how to change mm-hmm. um, the out the the outcome to be more positive and uplifting. Yeah, then I go for a walk. 
I just start walking or I go up or down the stairs. Mm-hmm. But to, for me moving, it kind of gets gets the blood pumping and it gets me to thinking in a different way. Okay. So those would be my three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It so, sounds like a lot of work, but no, I mean, to each they own, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kazi is the blackest of all. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I was taught. Wait, Kazi, what's that? Yeah, Kazi is Swahili for work. Yeah, that's a good question. You're doing all right today, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, we yeah, we doing all right. I, I know we I know he's not on the camera, but we got uh, a little brother James over here uh, doing no, the engineer. No, no, we got. What should we call you? We got baby James. <laughs> little James is his daddy. Oh, okay. Big James is his grandfather. Okay, so we got baby James. So we got we got baby James doing the engineering for us today. Yes, so, sir. Um, yes, sir. I'm, 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 a, I'm able to get a I'm able to get in here a little bit more. You were able to get into this a little bit more. So I'm I'm definitely having fun enjoying it. Okay, I got a second one too. Okay, go I ahead. got a second go thought, a, a second icebreaker, a thought provoking icebreaker. So this one, um, you know, normally men don't talk like this. Um, and if they do, they do the second half, which deals with more so anger normally. Uh, but the question is, is it easier to hate or is it easier to love? I start with you, Imani. Ah, why, why you putting me? Now, I want to come. I always want to come out to go first. No, nah, nah, <laughs> we, 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 we need to hear you lay out the foundation. Which one is easier to do, anger or hate? Is that was the question? Is it is it easier to hate or is it easier to love? It is easier to hate. And why? It, the, the, it is easier to hate because that is the emotion that is the quickest one to come about. Hmm. Um, when we get hurt, we're quick to anger. When we are... Uh, uh, trying to uh, be offended by something, we're we're quick to anger when we feel that some, we're being mistreated. Anger is the first thing. That's the emotion that comes up the quickest. That's the most primal, one of the most primal type of emotions, right? That's that's not as high brained or whatever words you want to go ahead and think about it. So uh, when something's not going right, anger is the is is the go to. That's that's the one that to me comes up the the most easiest. And the one that you have to work on and, and try with the hardest with love, you gotta like nurture that, like, mm. like, like a, I don't know, like a garden or something, man. Like, that's not, you don't just like, oh, you just come out and just love something. Like, I mean, maybe your kids, but you know, until you have kids, you know, you, what you doing the other time of your life, you know, mm. even when you were a kid. So, uh, yeah, anger to me is like the the one that's the uh, the, the that's the one that comes up, and that's the easiest, to, uh, the, the quickest one that comes about. Okay. Kamal? Love for me. Yeah. Um, my natural state is really peace. So just really love. And, and why, why was, why, for you, I know you said your natural state is peace, but for, I think um, it's asking, is it easier to hate or love? And you saying it's easier to love. Correct. Why would it be easier for you to love? Because I want to see people succeed. You know, so, you know, thinking just growing up, you know, how your grandma treated you, you know, how your mama treats you, you know, everybody family ain't the same, but how your siblings and cousins, you know, mm-hmm. when, when y'all see each other, it's like smiling, you feel good. Mm. So that that's why to me. Okay. I mean, even the way he talk is peaceful. Like, yeah, hey, brother, you know, just, just yeah, stay focused on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So same, same question to you, Malana. What, uh, which one do you think is uh, easier, uh, anger for, or love? For me, it would definitely be love. Okay. Um, it, it could be partly how I'm, uh, how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me being a raised around men and women, 
uh, and I grew up in the church, so you know it wasn't no. Now I got thugs in the family, don't no, we all do? But you know, for the most part, we we was taught to make sure we were empathetic, we're compassionate. You know, um, you know, you was taught not to lead with, especially me. I was always big, so for me to come out and like be a big dude and be crass to people, like my my the elders in my life wasn't they weren't having that. So I had to come and not do a fake, yeah, how you doing? It had to be genuine, mm. you know? So for me, it will be the leading with love. But also I wanted to say a quote that I said in one of our, um, I think episode two, when we talked, when we talked about self, mm-hmm. uh, the quote was, you don't rise to the level of your expectations. You fall to the level of your training. Again, you don't rise to the level of your expectation. You fall to the level of your training. That's a military quote. And I think what that highlights is just as we are developing, the things that we will act out are the things that we have developed in ourselves. So if we develop, you know, if we haven't developed from when we were children and looked at that. And, so, and I know you you say you lead with hate. You, you would you no, say no, it's I mean, easier for it's you. E- no, no. Yeah. The question was, which one is easier? No, I, I, right? I know. I was sitting here. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're saying that it was easier, and I agree, yeah. but I know um, knowing you as a younger man to the man that you are now, mm-hmm. I've seen the growth even in that. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, you enhancing and you developing those, that strength of, I wouldn't, I don't know if you would say is love, but that strength of not, not as strong hate. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a big turn for you. You know uh, what I mean? So, but, but for me, I, to hate somebody, that's a lot of energy. Well, that, and, uh, uh, but I'm not, I'm not challenging you. I'm yeah. just saying with the, the quote or the, um, the thought of the day, f- for me, the, when the question is why, mm-hmm. I prefer to do the love thing because that's easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I've tried to hate, I had to turn on a part of myself that didn't exist. exist. So I had to create, like, literally, I had to create another another lane to drive in so to speak well, so well remember it's it's anger not hate like those are those are close but it's, those are different yeah i'm saying nothing about anger we well, i'm only talking about hate well you I, said you said anger no your question yeah i'm it's and what question the question you asked you said which one is easier to get, anger or love no sir it's, it's hate or love is did you hear hate or love I don't remember. I'm just What's easier is hate and yeah. So, but can I ask something? Yeah, yeah. please. Well, see, then when we get into, I guess, a human natural state, love reciprocates much faster. And I'm not being funny, but when you just look at it, it repeats. I think my not. I think Malana did said it. I'm just speaking for me for anger. That's a switch. <laughs> it's you know, it's like a a, a buildup. You have to. Well, for me, you have to do things to get there, and once you get there, it's a whole yeah. another level. But yeah. with love, it's like when you interacting with folks. If if it's mainly reciprocal, that's why I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the the reason why I would prefer love is because for me, love is. It's clear. It's clean. It makes me feel. It makes me feel happy. I, I no, 
uh, pause, but I skip around when I when I you know when I feel that love. You know what I mean? I want to frolic. You know what I mean? The black men don't frolic. You know what I mean? So this, don't say this, that no more. <laughs> yeah. So you know that that's that that's that was the uh, that was my perspective. I'm intrigued now. What, what does frolic mean? Man, that's when you go in the grass and you be skipping. This is what you would never see a black dude do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you over there frolicking? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, all right. So, but I think that that is a good um, segue into what we are talking about today. So, today's episode is dealing with family. Now, um, this part of family is our. Um, our base, our foundation. We're going to talk a little bit about, like, historically, where how was your family growing up? But what we want to get to is what is the family that you will want? What kind of family would we want to develop as black men? Um, the reason why that's so important is because I think each part of these areas that we've been focusing on in this podcast, first dealing with self, um, and then second is family. And then we're going to deal with uh, neighborhood, nation, race, and world. As we're dealing with these areas, it's important to know that they are foundation to build to the next level. So you can't have a strong community if you don't have strong families. You can't have strong families if you don't have strong individuals. And all of this needs to be driven by something that people can identify with, things that people call as a, a philosophy. So... With that being said, I think that the conversation around family is essential to the development of a of, of the world, to the growth of the world. You got to have families that are seeing how to act harmonious. Um, it's not just a conversation, but they demonstrate inside of the house how to be harmonious, how to be harmonious. Um, so how, how to deliver balance, how to deal with conflict resolution. And even if you didn't grow up like that, what is the type of family that you're producing now? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'll start off, uh, with the first question, which is what was family life like as you were growing up? I, I'll start with, uh, Kamal. <laughs> what was family life growing up? Yeah. Um, well, I guess for me to put it in context, um, I was born in 69, so I grew up in the 70s. So in the 70s, I can't speak on when it changed, but in the 70s, a lot of us was raised by our grandparents. In addition, not just your grandparents, everybody was in the house. <laughs> so you had a house full from, your, you know, your grandma, your granddad, your mom, um, the aunties and uncles, it's like everybody was there. So growing up, you had family all around you. And it was, and in the neighborhood I grew up in, it was the same thing. Every other household was very similar. So it was so many kids um, and just people on the block. So that really ties back into what we opened up with the icebreaker, the love. You felt the love in the environment I grew up on. Um, so, I mean, that that's how I grew up in, in that type of environment. Okay. Um, with that being said, what was the men's role as you were, as you were growing up? What The men that you grew up with, what were their role in the family? The ones that 
contributed positively. I, I won't even say positively, but the men that you grow up with, what were they roles in that family? Thank you for that. And uh, I'm pausing because I really can't. All I saw was men work. Mm. It wasn't, um, and you know, my father wasn't uh, wasn't around when he came around. You know, just pick me up and drop me back off. Um, so the only aspect of a man I had was, you know, men go to work. That's it. And if you look at the neighborhood, I mean, you know, it was some guys in the neighborhood that made sure, you know, we played sports or whatever that kept us out of trouble. But then, you know, there's the other element. So long story short, I really didn't have. I'm not going to say a positive aspect of men or what I want to say. Or what it is to be a man. I, I didn't have that growing up. Okay. But that's been my hunt. And I ended up finding it. But my search in life was to find what is it to be a man. And I guess my first real example of, of manhood, yeah, you know, my uncle was great. But by when I got to high school, um, my coach, um, you know, he had a family. And what, I saw what coach and what? Swimming. Okay, your swim coach. Okay. And so that was really the, the first time I, I got to see a, a man that was responsible and, you know, had more responsibilities, you know, outside of his family. Right. Mm-hmm. So more than a job taking, you know, because I watched him, you know, on the swim team, you know, you may be one person on the swim team who I, I remember a quick story was one guy on the swim team. He never wanted to go home. Now, boys swim season was in the winter. He never wanted to go home. We didn't know why. The reason was he had no heat. Mm. I mean, literally, uh, y'all remember the old the radiator heaters, the the ones that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It, it was all ice, and so in the house in the house. Okay. And so he never wanted to go home. I only mentioned that because the coach made sure everybody was straight, mm. even on the um the female side. So I say that to say that that began my first example of seeing men doing something broader. Appreciate that. Uh, Imani, I want to take this question to you. What was family like for you growing up? So for family, uh, it was literally just me and my father. Mm. So uh, my father did not have a a great relationship with his mother. Mm. And so, and he also did not know his father. We didn't find out who his father, which means my grandfather was until about almost three years ago. Right. And so uh, the man who he thought was his father wasn't. And then that was revealed to him maybe about 15 years ago. Um, so growing up, it was literally just me and him. So okay. he didn't have uh, much uh, communication with his side of the family. And then my mom, um, she had mental issues, which uh, made uh, it for her to lose custody of me when I was a baby. So my father. Uh, went ahead and got custody uh, custody of me when I was seven months old. So from seven months until, well, I guess as an adult, pretty much, um, he was the one who was raising me. So he he got married when I was around 12. So we're talking like a 12-year span of it's literally just me and him. Mm-hmm. So in regards to the example of, of what I saw uh, for a man uh, raising the family, uh, it was literally just him. I, I didn't have any uncles to go ahead and talk to about anything. Uh, when it came to the community, once I went to the Shule, I went to Shule from kindergarten, so I was able to see that. But then that's more of on a community level, but on like a personal family level, it was just him. So 
the one thing I saw with him was if there was a, a, a goal that he wanted to achieve, he would go ahead and work towards it. And there's even goals that he's been working on all his life to go ahead and go ahead and achieve. So that's the one thing that I've seen uh, from, I guess, from a man in regards to family is that whatever the vision of something that he had, he continued, he continued to work on it. Now, I'm not saying he was the most efficient <laughs> at it, but it was always something that he continued to go ahead and work on and to go ahead and improve on. And he was always working to go ahead and do something to make sure that we um, we had money or we had food. It wasn't the most food and it wasn't the most money, but it was never a point where we didn't have a place to live and we didn't have food in the house. And that that's pretty much what I saw for that. So that answers that uh, that answers that question. So uh, then he, you know, got married, had my had my stepsister, and then we had um, my two younger sisters that came from that uh, from that marriage, and so. I was able to kind of see how he was from being a single guy to being a married guy. And so those things that I saw uh, wasn't the best relationship that they had. So I was able to kind of see some things that I didn't necessarily want to do for, for my, for my marriage. And then when it came to having a family from going from just me and him to shoot, was that one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, seeing that transition. What's, what's six? What's the six? So it's it's me, it's him, then my uh my stepmom, and then she had she has a daughter, okay. right? And she's uh almost three years younger than me. Okay. And then we had uh in uh, my two younger our two younger sisters in Jen Zuri. Okay. That yeah, came so, from that marriage. Yeah, that came from okay. that marriage. So that's once Zuri Zuri's the youngest. So once she got here, now it's a family of six. And okay. so we've gone from just me and him to a family of six and like like in a, within two years. So that change that, that boy has some catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that that transition was that was a fast transition. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that happened from me be from me being like twelve years old to like thirteen or fourteen, just in regards to how my fa- my family dynamic changed. And with me not be experiencing that before, you know, that was a, that was a lot of stuff that was happening, you know, and that uh, it took years to, to adjust to that. So if that's me as a kid going through that, I can't imagine how it was for them, you know, coming into a relationship, coming into a marriage and having to go through that, through all that stuff too. So yeah, that, that, that's my family, like background and dynamic uh, regarding that. Yeah. What about you? Whew. Well, um, let me see. What was my family life like? Historically, so I grew up first with my. Um, I started off with my mother, mm-hmm. and it was just it was me, my mom, and then all of her sisters and her brothers. Um, so we we grew up that way. But I would always, you know, I knew who my daddy was. You know, I knew who my daddy side of the family was. I would go over there. Mm-hmm. But predominantly, I was with my mom, and being with my mom, meaning there was a whole lot of going to church, <laughs> bro. I'm talking about from Sunday Bible study on Wednesday, children choir rehearsal on Saturday, and then mass rehearsal on like a Friday night. So mm-hmm. I mean, we going to church all the time, going to church, and, and don't 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 mention the summer times when you got Bible. I mean, you got a. Um, what they call it uh, when you get the tents, you go and have church on the tents. I, I can't was that think a of retreat, Re- revival. Right, yeah. Okay. So then you got revival. So it, it was always um, that. But the interesting thing, 
is that my grandfather was the pastor of the church we went to. And that was an opportunity for my whole family. So every Sunday was like a family reunion. Mm. And when we went into the church hall, it was like you having fat Sunday dinner. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that was always the good, the good, the good thing for me. And I was always around men who had they were purpose driven. That's the language we use. And now, but, you know, these were men who were very clear on what they were trying to accomplish and get across to the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that that was cool. But of course, I didn't understand that growing up. Mm-hmm. That's on my mom's side. On my dad's side. um, those men were a little different. <laughs> and the, honestly, it was just my grandfather and my father mainly. I did have two other uncles, but they weren't around as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my grandfather on my father's side, he was a very quiet man. He didn't talk much. But when he spoke, the the room was shaped. You know what I mean? He, he meant what he said. So... um yeah, I had those type of men that, you know, speak quickly and to the point, you know, for if you say less, you should have make less mistakes. So those are the kind of men that I, I grew up around. And then my dad, you know, he was a I think he was yeah, he was finishing up school at this time. Uh, so, you know, he would be in school, but he kept me once I moved with him forever. I mean, once I moved with him, because <laughs> at first I was with my mom for like the first, what, 12 no, the first 14 years, mm-hmm. I was predominantly with my mom. And then when I went to move with my dad, it was like when when I didn't go to school, like but normally because I got in trouble. That was my MO. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when I get kicked out of school, then I'm going with my dad and I would go to work with him. And, you know, I'm doing studying stuff. So it was where, it was, where did your dad work at? He was a tutor uh-huh. at one of the community colleges in Detroit. OK. And. By him being a tutor, I had no excuse for not getting my <laughs> academic strength. And he 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 was always the structure guy. So he he gave me the structure. When my mama taught me to love and the witty, the, how to be witty, because I I got a I got a slick tongue, and I got that from my mama. So when when she taught me the wittiness, he taught me the structure and how to follow through with stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that was the balance that I learned in my life. So. The, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So, so we we just talked about like our foundations, right? Just kind of uh-huh. like some just growing up personally, what we had. So I know Kamal, you were saying you saw uh, the 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 men in your family go ahead and work, and then you had that experience with your coach to go ahead and see him doing that, and then uh, Scott Maulana, you're talking about. Um, Let me interject when I say what. Yeah. Only one man work. <laughs> that was my my grandfather. That was your grandfather. Uh, okay. Right. And then, okay. You know, later I saw my uncle, but for the most part, my grandfather was the only one. Everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, was either caught up, mm. heroin, okay. or, or whatever, or just struggling. Mm. So I didn't see consistency like that. Yeah. So so let me ask. So let me ask you then. What it and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like that you had a bit of an absence there, but then there was somebody that you still was able to fill in some of that void. Is that, was that accurate to say? Um, well, Malana really said it. It mm-hmm. was all women. <laughs> Period. <laughs> it really didn't get stable. What Malana described, what his father did for him, yeah. provide the structure. I didn't really start getting structure until I joined the swim team. Okay. How old were you when you did that? 
got with however old you are in the ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's nine plus five, so about yeah. fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So have uh, how, what do you, what would you say is the importance of having that type of role, whether whether it's there or it's, or it's not, or even with the age that 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 uh, that male influence, that positive male influence, starts to go ahead and come in. Like when we're talking about. So, you know, sometimes you might talk to people and they might say, you know, I'm the mother and the father, right, Ty- type of thing. And you you kind of, kind of tell me kind of like that, like, what's that importance of having that, that male influence uh, in your life, either from an early age or even later later on in life? Well, it's, it's critical because for a male, one, we're probably going to get to this later, a male provide that structure. I'm going to say it another way. A male keep you from killing yourself <laughs> because uh, as a male you could get out of control and mm-hmm. i i knew at a certain point my mom couldn't do nothing to me mm-hmm. at a certain point you yes, know sir. she you know whatever you know you could grab me a collar me but it, it wasn't gonna work yes sir and my mom was tough yes mm-hmm. but yep. i knew it, it, i could take it mm-hmm. but with a man mm-hmm. it, it's totally different mm-hmm. you know i, I had to as a quote um, when I'm dealing with my daughters, you know, I say, I got to meet every boy that you, you, every man you come around, I got to meet. And the first question was like, why? I say, because men respect imminent danger. Mm. If they know somebody, you got somebody that's go check on you mm-hmm. and they know. And once they meet that person in the series and there's a threat and it's danger, oh, he coming right. Mm-hmm. Or if not, Mm-hmm. He know danger coming. Can, can, can I share a story, Kamal? Yeah. The, the the story of uh your daughter. Can I can I share that story? Well, let me start it off. Cause, okay. Because this is important. Um, because y'all talked about emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have um a male to show me that. Most males, most men don't have emotional maturity, which I call because you don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say, um. When my daughter got in high school, she had um, a boyfriend. Well, she was getting into boys. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, as a male, you know how you think about women. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As a young man in high school, you know how you think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she had her boyfriend and um, brought him over. And I'm going to tell you, I was was a wreck, man. (laughs) I was. Bro, I had. I'm not going to cuss, but it was. I couldn't control myself, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I brought my brother, Maalana, came over. He just sat next to me, and he <laughs> knew I was nervous, and I really couldn't talk to the guy. But I, I think what I said when he sat down or whatever, you know, my daughter was sitting there, he was sitting there, and mm-hmm. I just looked at him. I think a tear came out. I was like, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you see yes, this sir. one? You, this one here? Yes, sir. You... You got to understand, you can't mess over her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just stared at him and was quiet. And he was and he was looking, and Malana was there. And, you know, I don't know if I was shaking, but it was like, this was my first experience. I didn't know all these emotions. Mm-hmm. But, man, yeah, it was it was heavy. And I know the young man felt it. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. now, now, so, now, yeah. now, let me tell you from my vantage point. <laughs> okay, so it went down like this. I am in Atlanta with my family, and I get a call. Um, and Kamal don't talk. Kamal don't talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> so Kamal said, "I'm gonna need you." 
<laughs> All right, bro. What, what, what's going on? Uh, I ain't gonna say his daughter's name, but uh, my daughter got a boyfriend, and we're supposed to meet him. All right, bet. So I cut the trip short, and I flew down there, and I was I was with my brother. So we in the um, it was like off the deck. Yeah, like a den. Yeah, we we den. was in the den, and um, I swear it felt without the comedy, it felt like the boys, uh, bad boys. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Martin. Yeah. yeah, but it it was no it was not I wasn't coming up to you gonna mess with my niece. It it wasn't nothing like that. It it was no. I was smiling because Kamal had the terror thing on lock. <laughs> the boy was very clear that this is something. This this will be a bad life decision if you decide to do anything that we wouldn't approve of. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we know what you approve of? If you got to ask that question, you might not want to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, the, the not only is imminent danger important for men, we, we need to know where that where the ledge is. Mm-hmm. So we know not to go that close to it. So um, the, the, the reason I was bringing that up is because the kind of man that he actually um, attracted was the kind of man that was void of him growing up. T. And the kind of men that I attracted was the kind of men that not that I got more of as I developed and figure out that that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. So yeah. Did that answer your question, Imani? Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. 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 It's a quote. uh You can't teach what you don't have or what you, Mm -hmm. and so you just go mimic Mm -hmm. and my line of said it. So eventually as I got older from my, from my coach, once I figured out that that's what I need, after that, I start getting what I need mm, to help mm. to help shape me. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I got a question, and this is my favorite question, Kamal. You know, as we facilitate a lot of uh, projects around the country, we is this one question that I ask: If you can have an ideal family, what would that consist of? What would that look like? Who would be in it? What would be their roles? Do all the women? Like, do they behave a certain way? Do women have roles? Do men have roles? Do the children have roles? What What would that look like? So, uh, let's see. Who should we go with first? Uh, I already know. What well, well, good, brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Imani. Go ahead. Um, I, so, I already have a family. Uh, <laughs> I have three kids, wife. Um, and so... That's that's a tough one for me because I always thought about what an ideal family would be for me and with me not having like that um that extended family around, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the part that um I've always wanted to have. Um the aunts, the uncles, the cousins able to go ahead. Like I like honestly, I hate going to family reunions. Mm. Okay. Like our fam like both sides of my family on my mom's side and my father's side are not close. So anytime I go to somebody else's family reunion, it hurts every like I went to your family's thing. I hate going to that thing, man. Every mm. year. Uh, which you ain't is, say nothing about the food. <laughs> right? Hey, uh, listen, food be on point though. <laughs> I be in my corner crying in my in my fish, you know, uh that that yes, that'd be made. But uh yeah, for so for me, the idea of family would just be uh, family members throughout, extended and and I guess the close to nu- with the nuclear part, um, being close uh, and being close where no matter what things are able to happen, uh, whether it's arguments, people being upset, um, people even not liking each other to a certain point, it only goes so far. 
Like, you're not cutting somebody off for the rest of your life because you had a disagreement when you was 20 type of thing, right? And that's something that I, I'm trying to purposely... Uh, so this, out of everything, like, there's there's other stuff, like, for ideal family that uh, we think, you know, we can think about. But that's the one thing I'm, like, purposely making sure when it comes to my kids, like, no matter what's going on, y'all are able to go ahead and stay close to close to each other and be able to rely on depending on each other. And, you know, right now, see, uh, they're, thir- they're 13, 11, and 9, the, the girls, the youngest, um, you know, they fight and bicker. And then, you know, they come back to to liking each other. So I'm just trying to make sure whenever they do get to the fighting or bickering, we don't get to a certain point where you're not trying to talk to each other for two days. Like, because I don't I don't want that habit to happen when you become an adult. I know people need their space and and stuff like that, but I'm trying to keep help them to be able to work through the problem where they're still saying, I still love you uh, at the end of it. Like, I don't like what you did and I might not get you a crappy Christmas gift. But at least I'll be there for Christmas, you know, type thing. So to me, that's that's like the ideal family. Um, and that's able to go ahead and extend past just the nuclear bed to the uh, uh, the extended family as well. So. So, yeah, that's okay. that's that's my answer. So who, who's next? Who's next up on that? Uh, I'm going to get you to Kamal. Yeah, that's a it's hard to answer um, because I don't do shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, I know our elders got a quote. Um, I'm glad I woke up in my right mind. Yeah, yeah. And so when I say, when you ask the question, it's like if all my kids got a right mind, they healthy, mm. you know, I'm good because, you know, you can do the rest and I can support you. So that may sound basic, but, you know, th- that's it. I-, I really can't look at it another way because my experience with being a young father helped me to what you see today, right? So, it, yeah, that's a, I really can't say nothing else outside of that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marlon? Yeah. Um, so what would my ideal family look like? What would it consist of? Um, for me, I, I guess I would say I'm, I'm a dreamer. And the reason we have a principle that says always do as much as you can in the way that you can. Um, but the pressure that that put on you is that no matter how much you do, you can always do more. Right. Mm-hmm. So you never get stuck at a level um, of where you are. So for me, I know I, I do have a family um, currently. And I think the in me processing with my um maternal um, family and me processing like the different issues that come up um, with even the the paternal side as well, but mainly the maternal side, me, me processing with them helps me understand that, oh, this is what we are fighting against. Um, or let, to say it another way, this is what we didn't have mm-hmm. and this is what's needed now. Mm-hmm. So I think my ideal family would consist of it being normal to have conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not the thing that um, issues are bad, but issues are tools to get you to, uh, to grow quicker. Um, it's a quote that we say to stumble is not to fall, but to move forward faster. So once we understand that the problems that we are encountering now, um, they're actually set, setting you up for the next challenge or the next 
uh, growth uh, period in your life. Uh, so that's one uh, having like. Where I like that. I like that. Yeah. Which part? The the stump the stumbling helps you to go ahead and move further faster. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I wish I could take that. I, that that's <laughs> that's not a mile line of quotable, but um, I, I definitely carry that one. But mm-hmm. the the idea of being able to have a strong conflict resolution, um, being in a family where everybody's voice matters. Um, because even now I have to realize that how you talk to yourself mm. is how you talk to everybody else or how you view everybody else to a degree. Right. So if you constantly criticizing yourself or you don't think, um, that you're doing good enough, then that's going to come out in how you talk to your kids. Or if you think that everything you're doing right is going to come out to how you talk to your kids, how you talk to your wife or your woman or somebody else's wife. Um, whatever you're into. Um, so I think that, that it's Im- it's important to be able to, again, not only conflict resolute, be able to have conflict resolution, but to be able to have a place where everybody voice matters. Even as um, I was talking to, I think I was, um, I was back, my family is in Atlanta. Uh, I got a huge family population in Atlanta and they mm-hmm. um, got a lot of kids. One of my nephews came to talk to me and I jumped up and he was trying to tell me something and I jumped up and I left. I thought about that for days, like, dang, I straight just ignored this this young man. So I'm realizing I have to slow down with as I talk to people, because after a while, if you keep doing that, then they're not coming to you. They're going to mm. find they're going to find their answers to those questions through somebody through another uh venture and you don't know if they got not another venture i'm talking business now but through another person and you Mm -hmm. don't know if that person has their best interest at heart so i'm saying um if we had a family structure where um it's common for us to listen to everybody from the kids to the olders the older people the elders Mm -hmm. i think that'll be strong so those are two things that i would see um, it's something that I think I can do, I can strive for. Yeah. Well, let me add in, because you just, what you said is you just, not broaden it, but just gave me a little more more clarity. Because uh-huh. I'm doing it now, uh-huh. but I wasn't doing it as a young father, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess my ideal would be making sure all my kids got a good sense a strong sense of self-worth because one thing, once they get out your house or even while they're in your house, we know this society, right? Mm -hmm. Is making us look and feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So again, like I don't do shoulda, coulda, woulda, but if looking at based on the question, if I, that would be my perfect thing to have a structure set up in my household where my children, everybody in the family, wife included, but my children, we had conversations, trips, or whatever you call it, to make sure they had a strong sense of self worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what movie, uh, Malana, what was? It? Oh, it was um, Ray Charles and um, Quincy Jones um, had a quote. I think, yeah, Quincy Jones said it. My, I'm about to mangle it, but my self-worth don't depend mm. on you liking me, something like that. Mm-hmm. And when he said that quote, it was it was powerful 
because the no no your my self worth don't depend on you accepting me. Mm-hmm. That was the quote, and I say that to say raising kids to understand that because in the society of yes no or your self worth you know is based on how much money you make and how you look and all of that. Mm-hmm. If yeah, that would be my ideal having a strong sense of self worth. And and I'm like you kind of brought it up right, saying like the way that you raised or your kids as a young father versus now and that's changing or growing and developing with that like we're talking about these idea family things right how do we learn to lead our family into these ideal like we we have this idea in our mind of what we want it to be or that might change over time just as we you know get more information interactions and stuff like that and be, and become better so how do we even lead to to do that? Like, well, not even how do we, yeah, how do we lead? How do we even get these tools? Cause like, these aren't conversations I've ever had. Right. And then when I, when I got my kids, it's like, well, shoot, I do now. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you know, and yes, it's kind of like learning as you go. Um, and then as you look back, you like, you know, I know you said this should have no, not looking back, should have, could have, would I understand that. Cause where you're at right now is a zip. Like it's already happened. Now it's like, what, okay, what do you do now moving forward? And those are things that I've learned recently in like the last five years or so, just in regards to what being more intentional, just in regards to, to my family. Right. And trying to improve on that as best as possible. Um, and just even with this conversation, I'm like, OK, I can even be a little more aggressive with it just in regards to molding and shaping the direction uh, I want things going go in. So, like, how did you all even get to, you know, get to or learn any of this crap because I've never outside of him uh, I never really talked about it like this who is him I don't think the people can oh see. this him right right here oh okay. <laughs> yeah. right. well through this type of dialogue yeah I mean and that's the beauty of this show you know having these conversations and sharing it because I know most men well most people we just don't want to share, especially if it's something negative or what we deem nev- negative or a problem. Mm-hmm. We don't want to share that. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs to be shared. Mm. I know one thing I learned early is I told every one of my children my my silliness, for like a better term, mm-hmm. right? And age appropriate, of course, mm-hmm. right? Because I didn't want them to make the same, um, m- same mistakes. So I told them that. But let me take a step back. Mm-hmm. I had kids early, right? Mm-hmm. So I had my first child at 19 to 20. Okay. By the age of 26 or 27, I had my fourth one. Mm-hmm. So by the age, by that time, I had four kids <laughs> at 27 and didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But the only image I had was or knew is to work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so as I began to develop and seek guidance, matter of fact, an elder I work with, and I think I told this story, Malana, to you, what really helped me. Mm-hmm. So what happened, um, when she found out my fourth child was coming, it was Mama Malkia. When she found out my fourth child was coming, she called me in the, in the office at work and was like, you know, we got through the pleasantries, you know, how you doing and all that. She said, I heard your wife pregnant again. You just your fourth kid. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, at the time, 27, I'm making, I think, $7 an hour, mm. right, with four kids. Mm-hmm. 
So you know it's tight. <laughs> it's tight. And so she said, um, well, you know, having it was funny how she led it to it. She was like, Well, you got four kids now. And she said, I want you to know something, young man, that you know, having one kid is is cute, having two is considered, you know, a family. And three is having a family, but once you went into four, you establishing a business. Mm. <laughs> and when she hit me like that, it scared mm. me. And then she followed up and said, with you having like a business, you're a young black man, mm. no degree, mm. um, <laughs> four kids, know you got problems mm. if you don't turn your life around. And when she said it and how she said it, that was the, for lack of a better term, the spankage I needed, right? Because I was living un- not intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Just living life, figuring this go work out. But once she said that, I began to seek guidance, right? Mm-hmm. On And the first thing I did was I started looking for folks that had four kids, right? <laughs> because when you have multiple kids, mm-hmm. you got multiple kids, mm-hmm. you're dealing with multiple personalities, Mm-hmm. So it's not no cookie cutter. The same thing you did for one child, you it may not work for the second one or the third one. Mm-hmm. So you have to have certain things um, in place. So I, I, I said all that to say is through the dialogue, through discussions, um, even talking with you know with your family, your your your, your family and friends help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Malala. Yeah, I think um, your, your question is. Uh, what can you do? What's your question? So, yeah. So what, where can you go to get to learn more and get these tools, right? To go ahead and be, uh, become better. And right. And for me, a lot of that becoming better has, uh, has happened over like the last couple of years. Right. And so it's just like, man, wish I could have, could have done this sooner, you know? So, so yeah, like, like how, how does that come How does that come about? I think um, the the first thing is, one, to know that where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So is appreciating your your place that even though you can name a whole bunch of mistakes you made, know that you're doing much better than the men that came before you. Mm. That if, and if you are not doing much better than the men came before you, now I'm talking, when I say that, I don't mean that you better than your daddy, but I'm saying that it, if he, w- when he was your age, I guarantee you, he wasn't where you was at, at your age. Mm. So I know as a 40 some year old man. Nah, now, brother, go ahead, put it on the record. Go ahead. Go as, ahead. As, as an older man now, <laughs> I know that I'm doing stuff my father never did. I, I'm i actually living my dad's life. Mm. It, he'll tell you, he set me up. Everything that he did in terms of becoming an engineer, um, you know, tutoring, mm-hmm. um, doing the community organizer, all of that stuff, that's what he set up to do as a young man. And I slid right into it. I was a tutor. I I did the community organizer. I slid right into his life. Yeah. So it put it set me up in a space where um it's certain struggles that he dealt with that I didn't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So the the first thing I would say is one, just appreciate where you are and know that that's that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Once you are, once you truly appreciate it, then it's 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 and, and I hate to sound real like manifesty or real like heady 
But after you identify that you you doing good, it's to relax and say, huh, what 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 else can I do? And typically you well, what I did is once I was able to relax, I found other men or found other ways to um, I made excuses like me pushing this podcast on you like, <laughs> bro, I, I, I want to be around men that can help push. Yeah. So the men that I invite or the men that we invite to this podcast, they're doing stuff that's phenomenal in the world, I believe. Mm-hmm. I want I want to be a part of that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So by because of that uh, desire, it it gets us in the conversation where we can ask. We're in a facility or the vicinity where we can ask, like, so Kamal, you got four kids? Like, how did that work for you? Mm-hmm. Before this, that 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 wasn't even a a possibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I think that the 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 way you develop those tools is you get clear on what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, because people can have real general conversations and you can listen to those general conversations, but it won't touch your heart. Mm-hmm. So the, um, I want to slow down a little bit. Yeah. I want to ask them too when you. Y- yes, sir. Um, the reason why family was so important as a discussion point is because I wanted to have honest conversations with men that I respect and with men that I know I, I know how they view family because I know how they live. Mm. So, Imani, I know even when you struggle, I know how you live and I know how important your family is. Mm. Kamal, even though when you get frustrated with the, the events that's happening in your life, I know how you respond because I I, I see it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that this conversation and, and seeing other people benefit from this, that that's what I want. I wanted to touch people's heart mm-hmm. with that being said. It is critical that we start to look more in terms of what our goal is or what objective we're trying to reach. If I'm trying to reach an objective where I transform how a man looks, right? I, I want to be my generation's Malcolm X. Like, he used to do nigga stuff. <laughs> now nah, he don't do nigga stuff no more. You know what I mean? He used to have a whole lot of women. Now nah, he ain't got a whole lot. Just one on the side. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. But the whole idea is how can, how are you going to be a monument for those, um, of those who came before you? So mm-hmm. that's, that was it. And come on, I know, I know you said you had something you wanted to add. Oh, oh yeah, no. Well, I would just go, as Malana was saying, and remember, I was going to answer your question, how do you get this? You know, me, me and Malana met years ago. Mm-hmm. But one thing I got from his dad, I watched how his how he was raised. Mm-hmm. And one thing his dad has said is that um, he not raising the kid, he raising the man. It was something to that. Yeah. And I remembered that because this society tells you as a man or a family, that you raising kids. Mm-hmm. Kids not the end goal. Raising a, an intelligent, you know, a responsible adult. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you know that's the end goal, you adjust yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, as, as a, a father, you have to remember that if you wasn't taught it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you go just recreate what you saw. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll just speak to my generation. I guess most parents, but I'll just speak to what I've experienced as as a young parent. You want to provide your kids 
with what you didn't have. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But if there's no balance, they end up missing some of the key elements. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll give an example. Like most of the kids today don't walk to school. Mm-hmm. Right. So if they don't walk to school. Right. That's one. Also, when I was growing up, they had, I'm, I think they call them penny candy stores, right? All right. Where you had to, you you learn how to count money earlier, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at a generation of kids who don't know how to count money. Now, yeah, you got a debit card and all that, but mm-hmm. you don't know how to keep up with money. That's one. Number two is, I say crossing the street, you may like, mm, you don't need to. But in crossing the street, you know how many things that you learn, mm-hmm. right? Spatial distance, <laughs> right? How fast that car coming? Am I going to make it, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. And those are tangible things that a lot of these kids don't have. We played outside. Do these kids play outside now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they? No. No. So in playing outside, there's some social things they're not getting, mm-hmm. right? So if you're behind the computer all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get interacting on the playground, <laughs> mm-hmm. how are your emotions, you know what I mean, yeah. go act to other kids? So I- I'm saying all that, you as a-, a father, you have to remember all that and be a sensitivity because even though society is changing, mm-hmm. I look at it as a parent, but our job as men to bring back, make sure our children and family got those basic things. I, what I like to say is to make them human mm-hmm. because without that, you're raising something else. Mm-hmm. So when what age, right, does this start? Like, cause <laughs> when they come out the womb. Well, no, and that's what but that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like at that point it's too late. <laughs> like, I mean when they come out the womb, it's too late. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time obviously you, you grow and you change you change and you improve, right? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Like I actually read actually read that damn book. So um that book was very helpful. Um what's the name of the book? Uh, what to expect when expecting? It's a uh, oh, okay, yeah, the okay. the pre- like the pregnancy book. Uh-huh. So, um, but knowing, and that's just specifically just like pregnancy, right? But I'm just talking about like just fatherhood in general, like the stuff to go ahead and know about. You might not think about it at that point because you don't have no kids. But man, it would have been great to start thinking about it a lot sooner, so that way at least by the time they get here, I'm kind of on the on the going in the direction, and it's not like five years in, it's like oh shit. <laughs> you know, so uh huh, yeah. So let, let me say this: yeah. um, is is I don't want to be too dramatic, mm-hmm. but it's nice to look at stuff. Uh, you know, they say hindsight got twenty twenty, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if you had the people to tell you mm-hmm. what to do, uh-huh. that don't mean you was ready. You would be ready, ready to listen to, to that's it. Right. Yeah. That's right. it. It came to you when you're ready. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of how life happens. Um, yeah. Because if you were ready then, it would have came to you then. Mm-hmm. Bro, you had access to me since <laughs> you was in sec- what, fifth, uh, eighth grade, sixth grade? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh-huh. I don't think is I, I think that um, in terms of when you start learning this stuff, mm-hmm. um, it varies for everybody. Yeah. Like if you start telling me about a family uh, early on, that that wouldn't touch my heart. It's just like, oh, I hear you, but yeah, what is we talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean. But if mm-hmm. you talk to me about music when I was, you know, younger, mm-hmm. I, I would 
you know, identify with you. So I think that your first question is, when do you start teaching this stuff? Yeah. Um, it's more about how you process stuff than it is, you know, you actually following a set of rules. There you go. Okay. Um, because w- what you're really talking about is problem solving. Not to call kids a problem, but when you have a a big life change, mm-hmm. and when I mean life change, like you're moving from a single man to a single man with a kid or uh, from a single man to a married man with a kid. When you throw that woman in your life, even from a single man to a, a, a young man with a girlfriend, <laughs> th- that's a different play. Mm-hmm. You can't be the same person that you was as a little boy, you can't you your girlfriend is not gonna always wanna go play Call of Duty with you. <laughs> Bro, even if she plays Call of Duty with you when y'all was friends, <laughs> when it you know, it's it's just how stuff matures. So I think yeah. um you, you have to be clear on what again, be clear on what you want. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want, be clear on it. It'll come to you. Yeah, yeah. Come I, on. I, just to add to it, I would Again, I'm using the premise that I'm raising adults, mm-hmm. right? And so you would know when it's time. So I, I just give a tangible example. My daughter called me maybe about a month ago. My granddaughter, I think she's uh, seven years old, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes parents think they should do everything for their child. Wake the child up, you know, do all this extra stuff, right? So what age should your child start, you know, waking themselves up with an alarm clock? You know what I mean? Going in, brushing their teeth, ironing their own clothes. Mm-hmm. You would know, right? Mm-hmm. So my point is, you got to start teaching responsibility. So here's an example. My daughter was doing all this extra, and she asked me what to do. I said, um, how old is she? She's like six or seven. And now I know the, grand- the grandchild. She talk a lot. She do a lot. She busy. Mm-hmm. I said, you need to get her an alarm clock, mm-hmm. right? But make it a big to-do. So go to Target, Walmart, wherever you go, and make it something like gigantic, right? She getting her own alarm clock. She doing all this. Show her how to um, program it and do all of that, mm-hmm. right? You know, kids, they could be excited. It's another, to them, it's another toy. Yeah. But indirectly what you're doing is teaching them to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Because what ended up happening is what? They're going to be responsible. But because what, what this society teaches you something different to make dependent kids, mm-hmm. right? And I know you see a lot, you know, about you know, yeah. grown folks that's dependent, but nevertheless, <laughs> I think this is about, the, this is about a month ago. Now she is, if I'm clear, she's waking up on her own. Mm-hmm. Then we went to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. Put a checklist on the wall, mm-hmm. right? The checklist on the wall, when you first get up, she looked at the checklist. After she set the alarm clock, she looked on the, along the wall on the checklist. Make bed, brush teeth. Mm-hmm. She go do that, yeah. right? And so now that's been consistent. That checklist where it has two, now you're building on it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're giving praise and accolades every time that's done. So I say that to say, you, if you're thinking, I think, I think Maulana said it, one of y'all said it, intentional. Right. You know what the end goal is. And yeah. for me, the end goal was, again, I'm thinking adults, not kids, mm-hmm. because if you think you're raising kids, you're teaching. It's a, what's the word? You don't want to teach dependency. You want to teach interdependent. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's key. So I hope that hope that made sense. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. That 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 clear that clarifies it a lot. And I'm I'm loving these type of conversations. I'm glad we're having them here on the podcast, getting better podcast. Like it's it's a great thing. And um I I got nothing, no other questions right now. Like I I want us to talk more about it and we maybe it's something to continue the conversation because come on, how how old are your kids now? Thirty-three, thirty. Oh man. Twenty-seven and twenty-six. Okay. My yeah, my kids are thirteen, eleven, and nine. And my how old is how old is yours? Twelve. Twelve. So so you <laughs> you got like double the experience here uh when it comes to this. So I I'm definitely as they as they as they get older for me, I'm be coming to you with some questions now. And so, you know, you 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 they they go obviously, you know, you still they they pops and they still come to you. And and interactions and learning stuff, but uh, I'm not I'm no nowhere near that yet. So well, well yeah. no, what we just said is how you get there. Yeah. See, if you start doing the stuff we're talking about now, mm-hmm. when you get there, you gonna have different problems. You gonna have the same <laughs> problems, right? And that's, that's what sure. you know. You want to begin to build. Yeah. If you just, in my opinion, you just keep that in the back of your mind mm-hmm. that you raising adults. You your spirit go tell you what to do in these cases. Because how many kids you got again? I got three. Yeah. So, and each child is different. Like, yeah. and, and let me take a step back. Remember, I said I had kids young, mm-hmm. right? I'm glad I had girls first mm-hmm. and my boys later. Yeah. Because I I wasn't mature. I was still, when I had my daughter, I would have still a remnants of thug life in me, right? <laughs> you know, so, but I say that to say I had, um, I, of course, Mary, my wife was, was strong then, so we knew she knew what to do with daughters. So by the time I had my sons, I was more mature and ready to deal. Yeah, right. So I forgot where I was going with that. Well, well I'm gonna say I'm glad I had a daughter first because that taught me to soften up. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was hard. I was. It was like you gotta do it at this time. Do it. Do it like this. You know what I mean. <laughs> I, everything was. You had to move with urgency. You gonna brush your teeth? Brush your teeth fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just I was on a, a hundred and ten, and I realized with her that that don't she start crying. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. You can't. You can't be that hard. My dad did that to me. I was a boy. I needed that. Mm-hmm. She don't need that. <laughs> what they say? Girls are sweet and sour. Sweet and sour. Sweet and nice and everything nice, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that the, having the order that you have your children are important. I think that helps mm-hmm. you develop more, correct? As well. So mm-hmm. I, I I would agree with that because by the time I had my daughter, it was um it was it was weird, right? Because the things I would do for the boys wasn't quite working for with her. Oh yeah, and then it was things that the boys did. She was getting them quicker than they were, and I'm just like, "What is going on?" Yes, so sir. you know, it's 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 def- that dynamic is definitely different for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, Imani, to your point, I have plenty of more questions. Okay. Um, but I, you know, we we've been rapping for uh, an hour and fifteen minutes almost. Yeah. So well, give me um, one more because I don't feel. You, know, I, you, you want know, one more? Yeah, okay. Shoot, I mean, I'm, I'm good because I, I feel like I, I I don't feel like I waste. I, I don't know if I wasted y'all time. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. So th- this is my next question. For the ideas that we said um, in terms of how we would want a family to be, mm-hmm. what 
then I want to focus on is what type of man is needed in that space to create those type of families. Oh, so if, if you want a family where it's foundation in the family structure for you to have a harmonious environment, for you to have um, men and women, even younger men and women who understand accountability and who practice accountability. You, you want to have these um, young folks um, that feels that their voice is heard. As Kamal was saying, they feel that they have a sense of self-pride. Um, if you Self-worth. Wanna, yes, self-worth. If you want to develop that type of family, what kind of man do you have to do to to make that make that come true? Right off the rip, a man in, that, that's clear on his purpose. Okay. And when I mean by clear on his purpose, have a vision of not just, of course, his life, because you can't really do anything else if you don't have an understanding in your life. That's one. But number two, once you got your purpose clear, you have to, I'm going back to that emotional maturity. Because your kids are go, your young adults is go bring you things, right, as they get older that you have to be ready for. And if you're not mature enough to deal with it, like Chris Rock got that joke, the number one, is it number one rule yes, of a father is to keep your daughter off that post? <laughs> number one goal. <laughs> yes, so, sir. Number one goal. So I'm saying that as a joke, but you have to have that open communication, mm-hmm. right, with, your, with all your kids. Mm-hmm. And that takes um, commitment and practice and balance. Right. And setting boundaries. Now, I'm not saying being a friend. Right. Setting that friend relationship. No. I mean, authority have to be clear. But at the same time, they have to know they can come to you with anything. And Mm -hmm. when they come to you with the stuff that you may not agree with, it ain't time to bite their head off. Right. It's time to process it. We call a debrief on it or or figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I would say answer your question. Clear vision on what you want out of life and emotionally mature mm. and then have the wisdom that if you don't know and we making making stuff up you know have resources to go find it mm. right mm. because if go ahead yeah i'm gonna have to slow you down there yes sir we, we talk about um this podcast being a podcast where we talk about emotional growth mm-hmm. um and how to deal with um social development mm-hmm when we talk about emotional maturity, mm-hmm. w- what does that mean to you? Thank you. Emo- emo- See, men, we're not, <laughs> as men, we're taught not to show emotions. Make right? me feel all funny Yeah, inside. that's you're talking <laughs> about major pain. That's yes, my sir. Right. Um, so we're not taught to show our feelings. We, and, you know, our feelings, how we feel, how to express ourselves, because you looked at as as a punk A, whatever, you know, whatever the case mm-hmm. you want to be. So when I say emotional maturity, being confident in knowing how to articulate how you feel, is me and my Alana always talk about in, in, in the work we do, you can say your emotions are your indicators, mm-hmm. right? It, it tells you you have certain feelings, right? And you have to be able to to read what is that feeling? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody say something. You start feeling a type of way. What I want to say. You have to um, be able to log that. What is it? And how should you respond? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or should you respond? Yeah. So when we talk about emotional maturity, being able to know who you are, when you have these feelings, 
label those feelings, what are they, and what's the response to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And when I say response, not necessarily something outwardly, I'm talking about something internally, right? Because everything, you don't know, need to respond outwardly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So once you, so emotional maturity, having the ability to process your feelings, I say that's another way of saying it. Let's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Imani, what was you? No, I asked the question. Yeah. So, do you have a response for that question? Yeah. Um, what's the type of man to go ahead and lead to these ideal families that we're talking about? Yes, sir. I, I, I would say being centered in self. Like, come on, I know you said like what's your purpose, but even with knowing your purpose, you can be thrown off your square depending on who comes into your your sphere of influence, right? Or comes into your life. And I think by having that made no sense to me. Make no sense to me. Which what you mean? If so, you if you clear on your purpose, uh-huh. you clear. Yeah, no, it's so I'll, I'm I'm talking from personal experience for me, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So like, there were things that I wanted to uh, think thinking about doing or wanted to go ahead and do or whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, and because of me not being sure, right, in regards to myself on how to, if I have outside influences mm-hmm. coming saying we should do this or we should go ahead and do that, I am clear of my purpose, but then at the same time, for me, part of my purpose was making sure that I was having a happy relationship. And that's not necessarily the thing that you have on your, for just for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And focus on making sure you're, which either whether, whether it's your purpose or being knocked off or your, your, your trajectory, what you're trying to go ahead and do. And I think that's that's something I've struggled with, right? Now you know that's different. We'll get okay, go yeah, ahead. Tell, I'm, 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 okay, go I'm ahead. Like, come on, you want to get them? You yeah. want me? Go ahead. What are we, what are we talking? Okay. What are we you talking? Know, we tag team. So when 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 we say being clear on your purpose, yeah. that has nothing to do with anybody else. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's you being centered. You staying on your square. Mm-hmm. Now there are things, elements that may um, may impede. Um, but it, it won't make you fall. That doesn't make you fall off your square. That's something that you needed. So mm-hmm. case in point, my goal, um, growing up, I had a purpose to graduate college, mm-hmm. right? My girlfriend at the time getting pregnant would impede <laughs> me graduating, but she didn't, she wasn't the reason why I fell, fell off my uh, square. Mm-hmm. All that was, it was a challenge to see if, I would still do what I said I would do. That goes back to your foundation. Once your foundation is strong, yeah. it don't matter what comes in front of you. Mm-hmm. You you clear, I'm going to graduate. And that was my motto. Mm-hmm. I don't care what, and when she had the baby, I, I graduated. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So my purpose was very clear. Is what nobody big enough. Ain't nobody big enough to this day to get in between a man and this purpose. Mm. N- nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, you may something may come in that challenges you, mm-hmm. but that's different from throwing you off your square. You yeah. you might just say, "Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know those was connected." Mm-hmm. But again, that charges you more to go fulfill your purpose. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna just add to it. Here's the here's the thing. My line of said, it, I'm gonna just build on it. I'm over 50 now, and I'm still struggling with this, mm-hmm. right? So having a purpose is one thing. Your job as a man to curate the lifestyle systems and processes to help you stay on Teach. your purpose, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That's a difference, mm-hmm. right? So 
you got your purpose. Other stuff is going to happen. That's life. It's a quote. I don't know the quote, but I just said they talk about, you know, airplanes um, fly automatic now, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no pilot. Well, the pilot is in there, but what's the purpose of the pilot? What is the pilot doing? Make sure it don't crash. Yeah. Manage the systems. Yeah, I'd say making sure it stay on course. Okay. Because the longer things, something is going on automatic, it goes off course. Okay. So the pilot is there to bring it back on course. Mm -hmm. You as a man, you have to figure out the things to keep you back on your course, on your purpose. Mm -hmm. Because life, nature is natural. It's always stuff happening. Yeah. So what systems or processes support that you put in place to make sure you stay? And when you was talking, that was the thing I was hearing. Mm -hmm. The brother just didn't put structures together to keep Mm -hmm. him on his purpose. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, but I say that to say it's nothing wrong with that because that's a life struggle. Mm. You know, because right now, yeah, I'm clear. I reached a certain, I had a purpose. I reached it, you know, because I'm at a certain age. But now it's something else. I, 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 I'm, I'm reshaping it. Mm-hmm. So to get there, I got to tuck and tweak some other things, mm-hmm. right? Because what got me to this point, I don't want to say I mastered it. It got me here, yeah. right? But long story short, you have to have things and systems in place, a way of thinking to help you stay on it. Mm-hmm. Because life is gonna happen, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna stop that. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, and when you, Imani, when you brought up the idea of purpose, yeah, w- that that's an objective or a goal. Mm-hmm. With whatever objective or goal, there has to be tools or influences or support that you need to make that objective or goal a reality. Mm-hmm. And that's what Kamal was talking about. If if I want to go to the store. Then I have to. Well, how would I get there? You can catch the car. I mean, you can drive. You can walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to use these tools. You can crawl. You have to use these tools to see what is the most efficient and effective way for you to complete your task. Yeah. So, and, and you have to understand if you don't have an environment that will support you to get to your goal or your objective, then it's not that you are you you're not for completing your your uh goal Mm -hmm. it could be that you are you have to look at developing a capacity to be able to sustain what it is that you're trying to reach Mm -hmm. right and that's what you spoke of Mm -hmm. that i was trying to do these things and i couldn't do these things because other things kept impeding my progress Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the question is how do you create like a fence Mm -hmm. around the ideas that you have right Mm -hmm. so and 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 so that that is very important. But uh, again, a pers- a man with a purpose, you, a purpose is just like a line between you and God. Ain't nobody tapping into that. Hmm. Ain't ain't no way in the world. If and I and and I will say this: if somebody does tap into into that, I question if that was a real purpose. Hmm. Because th- that's a that's that's an emotional connection. Like me graduating, bro, that that meant a lot. That meant a lot. I had put all my time and energy. I, I had three classes left before I had a baby. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I was like stupid. First off, you should have strapped up. Oh, bro, I beat myself <laughs> up so bad. Oh man! But it taught me a lesson. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Let life happen. What did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. Well, I, if I'm going to be serious about this, it's important that whatever else I can 
I um allow myself to entertain, mm-hmm. it affects what I'm doing. So I at that time I realized that how life was so interconnected. Like I didn't realize everything was connected like that. I understood intellectually. Mm-hmm. But to really like, oh, me having a kid could stop because yo, that baby gotta eat. I don't care how good of a guy I am. <laughs> my my excuse my language, my baby mama don't give a crap <laughs> if I'm a good guy and her baby and, and her baby hungry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 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 that was that. So uh-huh. so, so I'm I'm struggling here right now, right? Okay, because okay. I'm trying I'm trying to go ahead and be like a host of a podcast, but at the same time, I'm just sitting there listening, like, no, yeah, no, I'm taking all this in, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to balance that out, you know. But uh, no, I'm appreciating all the words of wisdom here, man. These are definitely some, uh, these definitely some gems here, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving. It. But go, go ahead, Malana. Yeah. So to go to go back to the the question, I guess I answer my my piece about mm-hmm. um, are there? What did I ask? What kind of man? Yeah, what creates. kind? What kind of man uh, is it to, to actually lead into lead into these idea type of uh, families that that we were talking about? Okay, um, for me, I would say a man that understand understands himself as a human, mm. um, meaning someone who is um, who feels, who accepts, um, and who has a vision. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a man who's a complete human being is it's okay for you to feel like you ain't SHIT some days. Mm-hmm. But no matter where you are in your emotions, you have an obligation to do better, to feel better, mm-hmm. to get better, because you're going to set the tone of that family. Can, can, can I say something? Yes, sir. You hear what he just said? Yeah. He have a process. So some days you waking up feeling like crap, did him at do did you as a man have a process to move you from feeling like crap mm-hmm. to feeling like ten feet tall and bulletproof? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Right? Yes, sir. That's the key. Yeah. Cause you, sometimes it ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. But if you got a process to get you there, that's mm-hmm. what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 having I think what's real important, and Imani, this is kind of what you're speaking to, yeah. is having something or someone's to support you in developing. If you ain't got nobody encouraging you like, bro, you effing up. Mm-hmm. Or you ain't got nobody encouraging you like, bro, that that's that's solid. You know what I mean? What you're doing is solid. Yeah. And and you accept that. Like if you don't trust the 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 guys that you got around you, mm-hmm. you're trying to get a new group of guys. Oh man. Not yeah, and and it it, it makes somebody begin to question what are you trying to get out of life? If everything has to be nice, fluffy, and and um, excited, like I know some people say, "Oh, that that you joke a lot. Why are you always telling jokes, bro? Do you know the seriousness? Because I'm an intense <laughs> dude, so I tell jokes. Even in my jokes, you you feel you hear the intensity. Yeah. So I tell jokes for me to calm down. I tell jokes for me to see another way to look at life. Because mm-hmm. without it, I'll be looking like. Dang, they died, so everybody gonna die. And if everybody die, you know, <laughs> bro, it gets it gets crazy. Uh-huh. So, so I, that that's that's the type of man I think is needed. Um, or one aspect of the type of man is needed in yeah. order to create the kind of families that I think we just described here. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got time for more questions, or yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, no, we'll, I can't. Yeah, yeah, let it roll. Okay, the the next one is, um, we we talked about. 
the 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 type of man that's needed for the ideal family we discussed. Mm-hmm. Then the question is, what roles are in these families? Um, do people have roles, or is it just people figure it out? You know, you say you want a family, and then the rest is up to the the heavens. Like, how? how I, I'm going. I'm going to be 100 honest. That second part is how how I've lived a lot of parts of my life. Now, now define what you call that second part. Uh, what did you say? It happens as it happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's caused some. That's caused some problems. Um, uh, you know, and that's that's like like you you brought up intentionality, right? That's something that we started talking about like two or three years ago regarding intentionality. And I, I never had that type of conversation. There were things that I planned on doing and wanted to go ahead and do. But just like just with me work, like I was working at Delta Airlines at the time. Right. That's they're not really what I wanted. But at the time, it felt like it's what I had to do to go ahead and provide for my family because I was a, a well-paying job. Eventually, I did leave and that became part of that intentionality. An opportunity presented itself for me to get up out of there. And I did. Um, cause that's not what, that's not what I wanted. But then at the same time, it was like, what do I want? And it was trying to figure that out instead of just having it happen as it happens. Um, that's, that, that's, that's changed now over the last few years for me. So for me, just in regards to family and relationships, that's just kind of how it, it, Hey, how it happens is how it happens. And it was never, this is what we're trying to do. This is what I need you to do. This is what I plan to go ahead and do. And it was like, okay, what do we think we can do to work together on this and make these certain things happen or who do I have interactions with to make these things happen. And it's kind of like, okay, well, all right, let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see if it works, you know? So, and and, and I want you to respond, Kamal, but I'm going to say this, Imani. Yeah. Your honesty, bro. Do you know how many men that even though they would never say this, Mm -hmm. their life shows that the outcome of what you just said, Mm -hmm. that what you, what you just this is what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a vision on the direction I wanted my family to go. Correct. Ain't nobody admitting to that. <laughs> and, the, and, yeah, it's the truth. Yeah. And not only is that the truth, bro, mm-hmm. this is the conversations we need to have. If I didn't have somebody kicking me in my butt, like, bro, what direction are you going in life? Mm-hmm. This is before I started even dealing with women. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have nobody keep saying, I'm talking about from 15 till much older to, to 30 or something. If I didn't have nobody like, okay. And it wasn't a conversation about purpose mm-hmm. It's okay. Did you take the trash out? What is, how are you? I've been living on my own since I was 15. Mm-hmm. And when I say on my own, I meant living in a house by myself, probably 16 mm-hmm. living in a house by myself, but I definitely wasn't on my own. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, is. Every mistake that I made, I was able to have somebody process that with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for you to be able to say, oh, it's, it's a structure to this? There's people out here. <laughs> yeah. Bro, yeah. that's why I want to have a conversation with men. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Before, like one thing that really gets my goat is here having these conversations about the, the, the alpha, what is called the alpha spear? The, the an alpha male, you talking about all that stuff? Or? Yeah, what do they call it? The hemisphere, the something sphere. The, uh, oh, the manosphere. Yeah, the manosphere. Okay. Hearing all of that, I'm like, all of that's cool. But, bro, wh- wh- where are the men that's, that's supporting you? Where where your, mm-hmm. not only your day ones, but where the ones that's going to say, bro, you effing up. Mm-hmm. 
oh, bro, that's solid, man. We all should do that. Mm. So, Kamal, you was, I know you was oh, no. chomping at the bit. No, that, that, that was honest. But that goes back. You're going to keep hearing me saying this, emotional maturity. That's maturity mm. for you to admit that. Because without admitting it, mm-hmm. oh, you, you can't make a change. Yeah, oh. So I so I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. My wife, and it goes back to how I grew up. I didn't grow up around men. I didn't see men working mm-hmm. around the house doing this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not no handyman. Mm-hmm. I cook. <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to to feel like a man? You know, my, well, my wife. She the handyman. I'm handing her the hammer. hammer. <laughs> <laughs> right? And yep. I got friends that you know. They, they do stuff. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. They do stuff. Yeah, I mean, they can build a house, do this, fix a car, do all the fancy stuff. Yeah. I can't have a conversation with them. So I'm feeling the type of way around them. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. But I had to grow up and like, well, so when you talk about the roles, how I figured out is who best at what. Mm-hmm. And you and you go from there. Because mm-hmm. I had to deal, br- bruh, I had to deal with that. My my wife grew up with her grandfather watching him fix stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Me growing up, remember I said like, I didn't have to cut grass. I I didn't have to do nothing but play, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I didn't have that structure with her. She she know how to do all that, mm-hmm. right? So emotionally, when I seen her do stuff, and you know, and I may be out somewhere, and, and it's, one of my partners come over, mm-hmm. and they see me passing the, the screwdriver to her, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even look him in the eye, you know, like, you know, uh-huh. it, I felt shameful, yeah. but I had to deal with it. Is the point? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about roles, is is what you what you're good at, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Now, I can talk crap, I can cook, mm-hmm. and I'm, <laughs> you know, I can do I can do my thing, yeah. and she accepted and she moved back. Right. Mm-hmm. So my point is, what whatever you best at, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Right. But the communication part of it. Right. Yeah. Not stepping on people's toes or not making them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, you know, because thinking this society, part of being a man is, you know, knowing how to fix stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. What they say. I remember my um, uncle played a trick on me. He had um uh, uh, a stick shift, right? Uh-huh. So he was like, hey, nephew, if you can start it, you can drive it. You can have it for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's easy work. I couldn't get that car started. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. Again, not being around, man, not showing. Now, he knew this, right? It, what do you do to start a, a car with a club? I mean, I ain't gave it away now. To start a, a stick shift, what do you got to do? Uh, put it in neutral. No? Ain't no neutral, bro. Or to release well, the clutch. Is a neutral. Yeah, yeah. You got to press the clutch. Okay. All right. right. Okay. I didn't know that. I'm in there like it's automatic. I'm I'm, I'm turning it, turning it, and it wasn't doing nothing. Uh-huh. My point of raising that, I didn't have those basic foundations. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say is, I mean, my line say, you are where you at. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then once you know that, you know, you just do what, Whatever you good in, that's what you begin to build on. And if something else is needed, you better develop that. Mm. But to do all that, you better have pro. You you got to know how to develop processes to get you there. Mm. And I'm telling you now, we're dealing with that now mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our at our age. So what's some what's some of those 
like processes you talking. Like I, I knew I, you was about to yeah. ask that. <laughs> um, so one thing that you have to do is appreciate where you are. I keep there going go. back to that. Yeah. A process is nothing but something that will get you from where you are to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So if I'm using the word, um, let's say we having a conversation and I said, you have to drive, um, 10 clicks and then turn east at the fifth uh, house. What's the first thing you need to do in order to be able to interpret what I just said? Know how far 10 clicks is. You have to understand the language, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that you do, you have to have an emotional connection to it. For me telling you the stuff that I just said there's that doesn't mean anything to you. It's not talking your language. Mm. So you develop in the process will help you interpret what I said so that you can understand. Okay. So the first thing you do is you define what 10 clicks is mm-hmm. or what a click is. Mm-hmm. Right. So the process is, is is real simple. What's one thing that you struggle with that you want to figure out? The thing that I struggle with that I want to figure out. Let's see. The thing that I struggle with that I want to go ahead and figure out. Um how to go ahead and move forward without worrying so much what um somebody else is thinking about it and when i and when i say somebody i'm talking about somebody that i am uh in a part screw it not to worry about so much what my <laughs> wife thinks okay, okay. <laughs> fair enough yeah. so let me let me do this um well, with whatever decision that you've made mm-hmm. How do you feel about that decision? So when I'm making a decision about something, like just talking about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you said something general, and I want to keep that in in mind. You said, I want to be able to move forward and make Mm -hmm. sure I understood what you said first. I want to be able to move forward without um, my significant other Mm-hmm. Without caring so much what she thinks. Correct. So uh, what I'm what I'm meaning by that is a lot of decision that I've made about things uh, has been okay. So I, I guess this might come from just uh, from my father's marriage, right? My father did a lot of stuff where he didn't give a crap about mm-hmm. how uh, stepmom felt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I saw okay, that's not what I'm going to go ahead and do when I get my relationship and get my marriage. But then because I knew what not to do, I didn't know what to do. Right. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I gave too much. I feel uh, I gave too much. uh, um, I don't know. Credit credence, whatever the word is, too much sway in regards to how certain things happened. Mm -hmm. And then when things went wrong, it's like, damn, I really wish I would have did it this such a way. But now it's too late. Now we already going down a specific path. How do I turn the car around and make it go the other direction? Stuff like that. So. That's something that I've been struggling with for a long time and trying to uh, improve on that. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 what I'm struggling with. So, again, it, it goes to, mm-hmm. well, one, appreciating where you are. Yeah. So where you are was a young man who believed that what his father was doing wasn't the right way. Yeah. Right. That That's to me, that's the first part you have to correct mm-hmm. because your father wasn't doing the wrong thing. Hmm. He might have been doing the right thing too much. He ain't had no balance. <laughs> it's like sometimes, you know, when you put salt in your food, the salt ain't bad. Hmm. 
you don't get diabetes from eating salt. You get diabetes for me too much of that SHIT. Mm-hmm. You know, or not just salt, but when you put too much of it in. Yeah. So what you didn't understand is that you need that flight. You need you need somebody who will say, This is the direction we going. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. But you also need somebody to say, Okay, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that they can include that in. Mm-hmm. What you were responding to is somebody that may not have had balance. I don't know your dad like that, yeah. so I can't say either way. But what I can say is that what what you're confronting is this idea on when is it the right time to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I say. Yeah, come on. I'll say two words: honesty and courage. Mm-hmm. First, honest. Malana said it, but I'm gonna just use the word being honest on where you at, mm-hmm. right? And courage is it's okay to make a wrong decision or whatever and change it. Mm. But do you have the courage to admit it? Mm. Right? And adjust. Mm-hmm. So what you what you speak into is, is that. And, and that takes time. But I think the first thing is being honest. Mm-hmm. Once you're honest, do you have the courage? Now, I'll speak, I'll go further on that. Us as some men, some men don't care. <laughs> but some men tend to make this mistake that we care about how our significant other feel mm-hmm. to the point we stretch ourselves, and we know we can't do it. Mm. You know what I mean? We, we give more than we got. Okay. Right? Whether it's money or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to hurt this other person's feelings or whatever, but that goes back to the first thing I said. You ain't being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to learn to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? After you deal with that honesty, the next step is how do you deal with it? I mean, I was told that sometimes you may not be ready to deal with it. Or you just may be a punk. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's where you at. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, once you figure out where you at, it goes back to the steps. How do you get there? You know, when you figure out what you want. Yeah. So I say honesty and courage is, is the first two things you got, you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because you as a man, I can tell you this. Once you've developed the courage, has it once you has it been anything you couldn't do once you developed the courage? No. You hit a point. Yeah. So once you have the courage, mm-hmm. it's solved. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a mistake, mm-hmm. you will go back <laughs> and do it again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the way I, I I think about it. Okay. Okay. I, I will say, um, I want to go back to uh the question about are there roles in the family? Um, I'm going to respond. So this question really came from, uh, Imani, you know, I I cook now, right? Mm -hmm. Opposite of Kamal, when I grew up, only the women cooked. When, When my grandfather got in the kitchen, what he did was he... He would make, I think it's, he would call it goulash. <laughs> so this is when he would get whatever's in the refrigerator that my grandmother cooked and put it all together. Uh-huh. Man, that'd be the best place. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. But he he wasn't, the, the women would, you know, one, they would prepare the meal. They would feed the kids and the, the men. Mm-hmm. And then they would eat, right? Yeah. Um, that's how I, That's how I grew up. So when I started hanging out with this brother and saw that every man in his family cooks, his mm. one of his his uncle is a chef. Like mm-hmm. 
I'm like, I ain't never seen nothing like this. Mm. What's wrong with y'all? You know what I mean? <laughs> but but then I saw, like, again, what he said about his his wife do the handiwork. Mm-hmm. Bro, that taught me the biggest lesson. What? It's okay for you to be you. It will always be somebody there to support and be able to live life because what you ain't good at, somebody else is good at it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I know his wife was learning some cooking stuff from him. Yeah. I know. And, and even though he say he ain't like the handyman, mm-hmm. he, Kamala's very much uh, financially responsible. Mm-hmm. So if it costs, this <laughs> <laughs> brother gonna figure out how to fix it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I so, got a story on that. That that's funny. Yeah. So I'll go. No, you gonna have to wait till you finish. So my 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 point is, I I learned that it was okay for you to be a, a weirdo. For like, I don't know if you think that you less than the man because you didn't have direction, you know, for your family, or you less than the man because of whatever experience you had doesn't make you less of a man mm. it make you more of a man once you address and you look those dark god darn problems in the eye mm-hmm. and say f you i'm getting past this mm. you know what i mean uh-huh. uh, so with, with that being said i think that um going back to my question about are there roles in the family um i absolutely do think a women w- women have roles and men have roles. Mm-hmm. The challenge is that men's roles and women's roles are not fixed. Correct. I can go. Yep. Their roles is based on the individual strengths that that person has as a man and the individual strengths that person has as a woman. That couple dictates what roles that they have. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think that all women should cook. Because some of y'all can't. <laughs> and I don't think all men should fix stuff because some of y'all will burn down the house. Nah, you know nah. what I mean? But I do think, back to what this brother said, um, if you you have to be human. You have to respect what, however your, the woman that you accepted, you have to respect who she is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she, if she's not respecting who you are, then you have to be clear about what is it that you want. Is that something you can live with? Because mm-hmm. even the, the, uh, my, my dad taught me this thing. He said, I don't need a woman that's going to do what I say, but she can't act against me. Mm. That was the biggest lesson for me. Mm-hmm. It don't. It she doesn't have to be like. Uh, she doesn't have to be like submitting in this this stuff. That this is the language that we use now. But yeah. she doesn't have to be this all oh, my king and all of that. But what she can't do, she can't fight against me. Mm-hmm. That gave me so much clarity. Because mm-hmm. now I know that when when it's like when every time you try to express yourself, it's a question. That is not good for anybody's development. It, it ain't that many questions in the world. Because mm-hmm. cause it's just like a kid. When you answer the question, what's going to come? Why? Another question. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, you, you have to be okay. It has to be okay with you leading. Mm-hmm. But you have to be okay with you leading. Mm. So You have to be okay with you leading. Yes, sir. That, that's important, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I like... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but, but let's I like, I'm going to re- rewind this and put write these notes down. But we we talking, you say it's all right to lead, but part mm-hmm. of leading is knowing when to follow. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. So is so let's not, let's put it out there. Let's not be confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, no. Nah. And, and you have to realize that the person who just said that is 
the, he's the, I, I don't know how to say this. Um, so excuse me if I use the wrong word. He's a consummate um, listener. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, that that brother right there, Kamal. Mm-hmm. He he will he he listens very well. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I brought up the skill of listening is because with listening you have to have sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Listening and hearing is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To hear just means there's audible uh, sounds that's going in your ears and going out the other. Mm-hmm. To listen means you're you're getting those sounds still, mm-hmm. but you're internalizing those sounds. You're processing it, and then you can you know, do something with that information, right? Mm-hmm. That's that, that was my understanding for active listening or just listening. It, I don't know what's an inactive listener. <laughs> You're just not listening. <laughs> so That's funny. Yeah, so that that's that's that. But I want to begin to wrap this up because we almost two hours in. Well, I know, I know Kamal said he had a, he had a story oh, he yes, wanted sir. to share. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, it was about the handyman. You're talking about being financial. I remember... Uh, and um, we had a plumbing problem. I don't know if you if you ever um, a sewer line backed up. This is at work or at home? Right, at my home. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. And so again, young, got four kids, making seven dollars an hour, whatever it was. It was it didn't have the money, so our, our basement kept backing up. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know how you fix that? You got to dig in your backyard, and you got to dig maybe like ten feet down to mm-hmm. fix the pipe. Plumber was like, "This is about ten to fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars." This was back <laughs> a while, so it, it cost. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Nigga, start digging!" Right? <laughs> so, uh-huh. so me and my cousin, man, I don't know, I forgot how long it took, but we dug ten feet down wide, uh-huh. and the, and the plumber would come over periodically and say, "A little deeper, a little deeper," <laughs> you know. Now. What they say, um, being poor is the mother of invention. I don't yes, know. Sir. Now, of course, you know. Necessity is the mother of necessity. Yeah. That was dangerous, mm. right? Because, you know, that stuff can just cave in on you. Mm. But because we were protected, you know what I mean? The spirit or whatever. Mm. My point is, we didn't have that type of money. But, man, so in my line, I said, yeah, I know how to do some stuff. But I'm just not. I just choose not to and I'm not good. Mm-hmm. But when it came to not paying that ten thousand dollars because we mm-hmm. didn't have it mm-hmm. to deal with our plumbing, uh-huh. man, we we dug that hole, mm-hmm. and, and it, I forgot how long it took, but it took a while. But once we got down there, the plumber came in, fixed it, snaked everything out, and then we threw the dirt back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This speaks volumes to the type of man that I think this needed. Um. Somebody that's not stuck in their ways. Mm. Just because I don't do something don't mean I won't do something. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so, because I was raised that I hire the help. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to know how to change the light bulb. That's why I got a good job. <laughs> but as somebody who's trying to be able to produce and be self-sustaining, that it needs to be some balance there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I need to know how to do it. I don't have to do it, but I need to know how to do it and then delegate as that, necessary. That's yeah. funny because I'm trying to get to the point where I can hire people to do certain things that I so I ain't got to do it so I can go spend yeah. time doing something else. Yeah. So that's that's hilarious that you're saying that because yeah. because it was just me and my dad. My dad learned how to cook, so I know how to cook, right? 
And he was a handyman, so I know how to do a whole bunch of handyman stuff. And we used to cut grass all the time. And I hate cutting grass. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I, like, I can't stand it. So when we moved, we moved out to Romulus. You know, Romulus is different than Detroit. You know, everybody got at least, uh, what, uh, not a quarter acre, but I don't know. However, they got a lot of land to go ahead and cut grass on. <laughs> so we moved to this little tiny house that was surrounded by this big old lot. And I think I... I think I went to cut it once, and I said, I ain't doing this again. I hired, I hired a lawn mm -hmm. service, but it was mm -hmm. just like, I was glad I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. Even though I grew up knowing how to cut grass, I hate cutting grass. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get to that point right there, to, to, to pay hire a bunch of people to do certain things. For sure. Yes, sir. So, so with that being said, I want to start wrapping up mm -hmm. um, with this edition of Family for the Getting Better podcast. The importance of us discussing family is to have an honest perspective on what we're doing and how we can do it better. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily that we want to downplay what we've done, but what we do want to do is when our grandchildren have, have a family, mm. we have a lot of insight and a lot of information to give them based on not just our experience, but based on us processing what we did and asking ourselves if we could if we could have done this better. Mm. Right. So that's one of the things that I wanted to look at and in this uh, this area of life of family. And, yeah. and, and it's not just dealing with relationships. We dealt with with the whole, um, you know, we're going to talk about marriage. Mm -hmm. So as we talked about marriage, when it comes to family, we will we will have a different discussion on what does that look like? What is a man's role in the marriage? Mm -hmm. We talked about what a man's role in the family was, and we want to continue to be able to ask and question ourselves about, are we doing this right? Mm -hmm. And if we're doing it right, are we getting the outcomes that produces the families that we need so um, to develop our, our communities? So so that's that. I want to end. Uh, where are there any like final remarks people want to leave with if, if our listeners could um, hear a positive note from each one of you all, um, you know, to kind of sum up this this episode, what would you like to leave them with? I'd like to say learning, right? That uh, ha having these conversations, I'm able to see different perspectives, learn from other people's, uh, learn from other people's experience. Um, and there's, um, with the Rice of Passage program at the, at the shoot lab we went through, there's a part of uh, our pledge that says uh, sitting at the feet of our elders to go ahead and learn. Um, and so, you know, I appreciate y'all sharing the, the knowledge and information just from y'all experience that y'all have. And I think that's, that's really great. So, no, I, I definitely appreciate uh, being able to hear to learn. I, I like that. Okay. Yeah, I would just say um, – as a man raising the family or or, or, or or a woman raising the family, remember you're not raising the kid, you're raising the small adult. Mm. And if you just keep that in the forefront, that will help you make um, better decisions. All right. All right. So I think I will um, end this with a quote. Um, this is the quote of the day uh, for family, and I'll read it like so. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the acceptance of conflict. Again, peace is not the absence of conflict, but the acceptance of it. Um, the reason why I thought that that was important, um, a lot of men want peace. And they see peace as something that's, that if you peace, you don't have struggle. 
but understanding that peace is a way of life, just like um, abs- uh, conflict is a way of life. It's it's a part of life. So just want to make sure that we have, no matter what comes towards us, we find that inner drive and we find that thing that can can ease us out. So with that being said, uh, thank you for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful week, a wonderful day. And yes, yeah, stay safe. Take care. All right, y'all. Thanks a lot. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.